and um, uh, we're very thankful for what the Lord has done and is continuing to do. And I truly believe with all my heart, uh, though sin is existing in this world and only increases, waxes worse and worse day by day, yet our God uh, is still just as great and is still living and still can be served every day. Amen? And I believe our God has not increased in strength uh, to say that sin has increased. Our God has not decreased. Uh, our God is not less strong than he once was. Uh, our God has always been and will always be. Amen? And I trust you believe that this morning. We're taking the word of God this morning and turning to the book of Judges today. Judges in chapter number 7. Judges chapter number 7. just want to welcome those of you who are visiting. We're thankful that you've chosen to join us for our services today. And uh, whether you're here with family or you're just visiting uh, in general, I hope and trust that you'll enjoy uh, the service this morning. We'll be encouraged. And I hope this won't be your last visit, that you'll come and see us again. And uh, we'd love to have you as a part of our services. Judges chapter 7, and we'll begin looking this morning in verse number 1. A very familiar passage and story of Scripture, uh, but let us open our hearts and our minds to the Lord as we read uh, the Word of God together. The Word of God says, Then Jerubbabel, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him, rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the host of the, uh, of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give to the Midians into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand has saved me. Now therefore go to proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And the return of the people, twenty and two thousand, and the remained ten thousand. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down into the water, and I will try them for thee there, and it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, This shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee, and of whomsoever I say unto thee, This shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. So he brought down the people unto the water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, Every one that lappeth of the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth, that shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, every one that boweth down upon his knees to drink, and the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, there uh, were 300 men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. And the Lord said to Gideon, By the 300 men that lapped will I save you and deliver the Midianites into thine hand, and let all of the other people go every man unto his place. Now if you look down with me in verse number 16, the word of God says, And he divided the 300 men into three companies, and put a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. And he said to them, Look on me and do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outside of the camp, it shall be that as I do, so shall ye do. When I blow with a trumpet, I and all that are with me, then blow ye the trumpets also on every side of all the camp, and say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men that were with him came unto the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch, and they had but newly set the watch. And they blew the trumpet and brake the pitchers that were in their hands. And the three companies blew the trumpets and brake the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow with all. And they cried, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And they stood, every man in his place, round about the camp, and all the hosts ran and cried and fled. Let's understand the context of this passage in Judges chapter 6 and verse number 1. The Bible tells us that the children of Israel did evil 
in the sight of the Lord, and that the Lord had delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. Here they've been under, and by the Lord's control, they've been allowed to be uh, taken captive by the Midianites. And though with these hundreds and hundreds of people, these thousands of people, uh, these men in the military uh, that, that, that uh, Gideon is leading, yet God chooses to minimize that group. Uh, notice the Bible tells us yet to gain further context, Judges chapter 6 and verse number 6. The word of God says, And it came to pass, when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel. Which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up out of Egypt, and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all that oppressed you, and drave them out from before you, and gave you their land. And I say unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell. But ye have not obeyed my voice. And there came an angel of the Lord, and sat under an oak, which was in Orpha, and pertained unto Joash the Eberzite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat, by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. The Bible tells us that God gave and gives Israel this second chance, as we find in uh, Judges chapter 7. And aren't you thankful for a God of second chances? Amen? A God who, when we make mistakes, when we fail, when we uh, do evil in the sight of the Lord, as the children of Israel had done, yet God in his love and his care and his mercy extends his hand, extends his hand with open arms to us that we, all we have to simply do is come to him. Yet God behind it all is yet still in control, and all we have to do is depend upon him. Uh, thankful for a God of second chances. But I want you to understand here the context. We're speaking of an army. We're speaking of a group of men, uh, a group of, of uh, military men, who without, with anything less than confidence are ready to go into battle. In fact, the word of God describes them as a people who could easily vaunt themselves. In verse number 3, or verse 2, rather, of chapter 7, the Bible tells us that the very reason why God had begun to minimize this group of men was so that, and in order to teach all of these men, including Gideon himself, that you don't need a great group, a great number of people. All you simply need is God himself. Amen? Yet, at the end of the day, though in our minds we may conclude that we need great skill and great ability to go into battle, yet all we need is God himself. And may I remind you, we are in a battle today. Amen? We see the battle that we're facing against the world, against Satan himself, the ruler of this world. Yes, we've sinned against God. We've given Satan access into what once was created to be a perfect world. And yet, as Satan roams and he, and he uh, deceives uh, and, and he allows sin to be prevalent within this world, yet we as God's people, having received of God's gifts of everlasting life, have a responsibility before us to be a light for Christ. Amen? You might put it this way, as uh, Paul and, and, and Peter also describe us to be, we are a soldier in the army of God. Amen? I wonder if you might ask yourself this morning, are you a soldier in the army of God? Are you a soldier in the army of God? Have, have you been enlisted in the army of God? The truth is, some have been enlisted, but they're not fighting the battle. Some have been enlisted, but they're not serving. They're not following the leader to whom God has placed in their life. They're not following God himself. Uh, uh, may we understand that if we as God's people are ever to see the victory in the, in the battle of, against Satan, yes, 
the victory has already been won. The Bible says Satan is already lost. Amen? Christ has already won. But if we are ever to see the victory in our homes, the victory in our churches, the victory uh, in, our, in our cities, the victory in our nation, it is we as God's people who are to allow ourselves to be reminded that we have been enlisted as God's people into the army of God to serve the Lord and to serve Him faithfully in and where He places us. Amen? I wonder, are you serving Christ where He has placed you? Are you serving Him as a faithful man or woman in the army of God? The Bible calls us and describes those who have received Christ as saints. We very much are, are, are even... Uh, are, are even parallel right alongside as a servant, as a soldier, as one who is to follow. And, and Christ being our king, our commander, our great commander that we are to follow. Let me ask you, Christian, are you standing as a Christian should be for Christ? I want to bring you to that very phrase as is found in verse number 21. And we'll talk just together for a moment about it and then look at together at the end of the, of the message this morning. But verse 21 of chapter 7 the Bible says this, And they, that being the man, stood every man in his place. They stood every man in his place. Here we see every one of these men knowing what direction they are to go, knowing what command that they have been giving, knowing what leadership they are to follow, and they stood firmly where God had commanded they were to stand, and they didn't move. You know the reason why churches are shrinking? The reason why Christianity is not as common it's because uh, Christians have, uh, though enlisted in the army, they're not serving. Amen? We're not standing in our place as we should be. We're not standing up for Christ as we should be. We're not standing up against the, the, the fight which Satan puts uh, directly in front of the eyes and the minds of young people from each generation and generation that drifts further and further from Christ. It's a generation that is not standing for Christ, but yet is wavering. It's a generation that has not learned to stand for their faith for Christ, to stand for what is right, to serve God who is their commander and serve Him only. It's a generation who's veered from those things. I mean, I say, though we want to point the finger at the younger generation, the finger should truthfully be pointed at every one of us. Amen? Let me ask you, Christian, how firm are you standing are you standing in your place? You've been enlisted in an army. You are a part of the army of God. The truth of the matter is we sit with our arms crossed. We sit with our head held high. We sit with our bodies slouched down and relaxed and comfortable and inactive for Christ. And all the meanwhile, Satan is actively using people and things of this world to deceive and to draw others away and to discourage and to keep the gospel from going forward. Amen? Christian, we've got a responsibility. We've got a responsibility to stand in our place as God's people. To stand in our place for Christ, for what is right. I, I, I saw one uh, man who posted on social media. He said, uh, God in country, and yet uh, uh, the country uh, word was crossed out. He said, it's put, be God only. Well, uh, I, I, well, God is to be only, yet we are to stand in our country for that which is right. Amen? When something is wrong, there is an appropriate way in the love of Christ uh, to, to stand for what is right. I'm not saying you have to go crawling up the Capitol building and start smashing through windows and that's standing for what is right. Though that may be right in where they decide that they believe that they stand. 
God gives us an appropriate way in which to stand for him. Amen? And sometimes that way in which we're standing is with a lamp and pictures and just simply our voice speaking out for Christ. Just standing in our place. God's not saying you've got to get the sword out and the shield out. Let's get the guns out. Let's, let's get all the ammunition we can. Let's get some cannons out. Let's really just show them what, what's right. Let's show the people that are not doing right uh, what is right. God does not tell us that. God gives us the direction. God tells us how to stand. And here's all we have to do. Is stand. Amen? Let me ask you, Christian, are you standing for what is right? Here, we have really two sides of a coin where... Some Christians are standing for what is right, yet they're standing so far right that they're ruining the very testimony of Christ. Amen? Then we have other Christians that are standing for what is right, but yet they're so hesitant to voice that which is truth. I'm not saying, again, that you need to go and, you, and, and ruin your testimony of Christ, get up on social media and rant and rave about all these things. But I am saying when, when there are things that clearly go against the Word of God, and there are things that are being pushed upon we as God's people, as Christians, uh, and many, may I use the word, forced upon us uh, in, in areas of service or uh, in areas of, of stripping away our freedoms, uh, and, 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 and yet we just sit idly by and, and just say, well, that's just the way things are. Shame on us. Amen? Here we have uh, babies who are being, being killed, hundreds of babies every day in abortion. Here we have homosexuality is being prevalently accepted into churches. Uh, I'm not a Southern Baptist, but there's Southern Baptist movement accepting. Have you seen that? Accepting some of the homosexual, homosexual movement into their churches. We see these other denominations just the same and, and, and accepting them into the churches. And wh where's the stand? Amen. Is we as God's people that are to stand for what is right. You say, it's, 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 yes, it's God and country. No, I'm saying it's, it is God. We are to stand for what is right according to his word. And we stand in the love of Christ. In the love of Christ. You know, all this strings right back and comes right back to the gospel itself. When the gospel is the center and in the midst of all things, and it's seen as the purpose and the reason why for all things, and we allow that to be the emphasis of that which we are vocalizing about in our life, we will know that there is an appropriate way to share the gospel. Amen? You know, the gospel of Christ is shared just by sharing of God's love or speaking of God's love as it is uh, in, in being, just giving it straightforward. What I'm trying to tell you is, is you just simply love others in Christ. God doesn't say you have to hate the individuals. I'm not saying you need to go and hold signs in front of the, the, the individual you know that, that's, that's uh, uh, a homosexual or, or uh, bisexual or whatever. I'm not saying you need to go uh, you know, uh, protest in front of buildings that are doing things that are not biblical. I'm simply saying that if you do and speak out as God has spoken and shown us in his word to share the gospel, you'll know how to do it appropriately. Amen? I think all of us have been here for this. Whether you're a Christian or not, or for however long that you've been a Christian, we've probably all at least had one person come to our door and you just couldn't seem to get the door shut. They just wouldn't stop talking to you. They wouldn't let you go. Uh, maybe it was the, the ice cream guy. You know, I love Schwann's, but maybe it was Schwann's ice cream truck and he just wouldn't let you go. you got to buy this ice cream. You say, no, I'm trying to watch a movie. Or I'm, trying to get to, I'm trying to spend time with my family or I'm trying to eat my supper or whatever it is. Just leave me alone. 
Or maybe it's one of those wonderful Jehovah's Witnesses. And, uh, well, you know, Jesus loves you, right? And uh, they, 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 they want to talk to you. Uh, and, and you just can't get, and, and at the end of the day, you say, wow, I just feel like they just got their foot in my door and I just can't seem to get it closed. I want to be left alone. You been there? We understand that as, as, a, as a Christian individual, we don't like things being pressed. We're, we, we understand the gospel is not to be pressured upon individuals. Amen? We don't believe in, in pressuring the gospel. Hey, if somebody, if somebody desires to receive Christ, that's between them and God. Now look, I wish if, it was my, if I could my own ability that I, that I could help to make the gospel known to everyone and help to save everyone, but I don't do the saving. God does that. And that has to be the individual choosing in their own heart that they need Christ. I'm not saying we water down the gospel. I'm not saying that we do less with the gospel. I am saying that there's an appropriate way to do it. Amen? God has gifted some in such a way, uh, expect, you know, they, they practically are a salesman just at the same side. They, they don't sell the gospel, but they can give the gospel and, and help to win someone to Christ so easily just by their, their very personality and being able to speak to people and working together with people in that fashion. Uh, yet others, maybe it's not a gift so much, but knowing that the gospel is necessary to give, simply have to learn just this, to share the love of Christ. So that what happens? An individual looks at you and says, there's something different about you. The way that you dress, the way that you talk, the people you spend time with, the, the things that you do with your life. What's the difference in what you do? I remember once as a teenage boy, uh, and without, out with a couple friends, we were sitting at a Wendy's and we were waiting on our meal uh, and uh, just sitting at a table there and, and we went ahead and prayed before our meal. And when we had finished, um, one older gentleman came up to us and said, uh, um, I noticed that you guys prayed. Are you guys Christians? And uh, as a teenage boy, I didn't even know what to say at the time. I didn't know, uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. But the truth is, when the love of Christ and the emphasis is given upon Christ in prayer and in song and in your own heart, and the joy of Christ is flowing out of you, you'll make an effect on what others see. Amen? Others will see the difference. You see, standing in your place doesn't always mean that you've got to shove it down somebody's throat. Standing in your place is knowing what is right, knowing that God has commanded you to go into all the world and preach the gospel, teaching others also. We are to be those who are saved, and we are to be baptizing and teaching others. We know what God is commanding, so we're seeking all, to do all that we can to fulfill God's commands by standing according to the principles and the, and the commands and, and the guidelines that he's given to us in his word. Amen? That in all we do, it's not harming the name of Christ. It's not hurting the name of Christ in any way, but it's helping the gospel to go forward. And I come back full circle again to our theme of this year, striving together, that we would together as God's people strive for the sake of the gospel. Here in this passage, we find a pattern for every soldier enlisted in the army of God. And I, I've... I've in, according to my notes anyway, laid out this pattern. We notice with me first an army chosen by God. The Bible tells us of an army which is chosen by God. God tells us in verse number 2, and, and uh, yet also again uh, in, in verse number 4, that the army and the people within the army were too many. There were too many. You know what's often true is that where we see weakness, God sees strength. Where we see weakness, God sees strength. And yet God looked over the people and said, 
though, though you see all these men, the capability of all these men, I see that all they simply need to do is give their attention to me. The Bible tells us, notice with me first, they were divinely selected. They were divinely selected. The reason and purpose for their selection in verse number two tells us was so and in order that they would not vaunt themselves. So they would not allow themselves to boast and be proud about, look at who we are, look at what we can do, look at our great army. But so that they would be brought to the position of understanding that it's not about them. And it's all about Christ. And I say, Christian, every one of us have been selected. We've been divinely selected by God. I'm not saying that you've been exclusively, you've been exclusively given the gift of salvation and nobody else can receive it. That's not what I'm saying today. What I am saying that if you have received the gift of salvation, God has chosen you to go forward with the gospel. Amen? God has chosen you to stand in your place, to give your attention to Christ, and to do that which is right, to stand for Christ. The Bible tells us the very reason why he uses something so small or something so little or something so insignificant to do so much is the very reason to show us that you don't need to be someone with great skill and talent. You don't need to have been in the military. You don't need to be able to know how to speak in front of people. You don't, need to know how to, you don't have to have been a Sunday school teacher. You don't have to have anyone with a great degree or background. God simply says if you are enlisted, you, but you have received of God's gift of salvation, you are a part of the army of God, you need to stand for that which is right. Amen? Stand for that which is right. Stand for the gospel. The Bible tells us they were divinely selected. 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 60, the Bible says that, and this is David who is speaking, that all the earth may know that the Lord is God. Why did David, why was David allowed to be slaying the giant Goliath? It was simply and for the purpose that all the earth would know. Community Bible Church, the very reason why God has given us this church, the reason, very reason why we are here together is not that our families would know. It's that all the earth would know. Amen? It's not simply that our friends would know. It's that all the earth may know. You see, the very purpose and reason why you and I have been left upon this earth, we've received it, they get to salvation, and we've been left on this earth. Yes, is so we can have that gift of salvation, but secondly, is so that we can share with others. But too many Christians are not standing for Christ. Too many Christians are not going forward with the gospel. They're not standing for what is right against the, the, the very wickedness of this world which is actively pushing against us. The Bible tells us they were divinely selected. God has chosen you, Christian. God has chosen every one of us. We have a responsibility that's before us. Now I remind you, you cannot be a, uh, you cannot, um, uh, be a giver of the gospel if you have not first received the gospel. You understand what the gospel is. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the understanding within your own heart and mind of knowing that God has died for you and he's made a way of salvation possible for you that if and when you receive it by faith, you can have eternal life with Christ. That's what the gospel is. You're here this morning and you say, Pastor Miller, I'm not part of that army. I'm not part of a church. I'm not part of any of those things. And I say it's God's desire that you would enlist in the army. Amen? It's God's desire that you would receive him. So we don't understand what I've done. You don't know my background. I come back full circle again to say, God's not looking for somebody special. 
truth is we've all sinned against him. God's simply looking for men and women who will stand for what is right by keeping their eyes upon Christ and letting the gospel, and the gospel be on the forefront of their lives. The Bible says they were divinely selected. Number two, they demonstrated strength. These men who went forward were ones who were divinely selected. They were chosen. Here we have 10,000 men that are selected. The Bible continues, verse 5, So he brought down the people into the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Every one that lappeth of the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth him, shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, every one that bowed down upon his knees. What is it that these men had done? They demonstrated strength in the very way in which they carried themselves, the very way in which they were prepared as an army. You see, where you had some that came down and they, they got down on all fours uh, and, and they let themselves go chest down to the ground, licking it up, slurping it up like a dog. They were unaware of that which was around them. You see, the truth of the matter is, it could be paralleled with the very understanding of the Christian, where some Christians can so lap up and soak up all the blessings that God gives and give no awareness to anything else or anyone else around them. Yet other men in the army of God are aware of that which is around them. Yes, they're taking advantage of the blessings, but yet they're aware of those who need the gospel, that all the earth may know, that all the earth may know. The Bible tells us they demonstrated strength. Let me ask you, Christian, do you demonstrate strength in your service before God? Or are you hesitant? Are you shy? You're shy for Christ? Understand, there are souls if that if do not receive Christ, they will burn for all eternity in hell. Understand that those who do not receive Christ, there is no hope unless you tell them. You may be their only hope. Are you aware? Are you ready? We don't have quite all of our furniture out in the lobby just yet, but I, I tried to make a point at least to put some tracks out on the table. You know what a track is for the Christian? It's like ammunition. We, we've already got the weapon, the gospel itself. It's inside of us. It, Christ lives inside of us, amen? We've got the weapon, but, but, the, but a track helps to work as ammunition. We're firing it out at people, right? We're handing it out to people. It, it, helps, it helps us to present it. It helps us to get it out. It helps it to be on the forefront of our minds. And the individual who displays strength is the individual, this is on my mind. It's not just about me. Hey, Community Bible Church, it's not just about those who have been and always have been of Community Bible Church. The, the, the strength which should be displayed at Community Bible Church is that we are desiring going forward that all the earth may know. Amen? That all the earth may know. The Bible continues, they denied self. Their heart of passion for, for battle was, was displayed upon the very way in which they came. And, and really, um, uh, the, the, the very way in which they came before, I, I consider that water the very blessing of God. Here, here God's giving them that which they need. And they're not letting themselves become distracted with that which is around them, but yet they're coming down upon their knees. You know, there's no better way to come before God when he gives all the blessings than down on your knees. Amen? Some of us as Christians, we just need to get down on our knees again. Amen? I wonder, when was the last time you got down on your knees before the Lord? Lord, thank you for the blessings you've given. 
Lord, help me to display strength. Help me to be able to be a giver of the gospel that all the earth may know that I'd be aware of those who are around me. Help me not to be distracted. See, the greatest place a soldier can be in the army of God is a soldier who's down on his knees, a soldier who's praying, a soldier who denies self, is willing to come to the end of themselves and say, you know what, it's not about me. It's the individual who doesn't stand so tall and straight with their head held high and saying, I'm not going to respond to God, but it's the individual who says, you know what, God's giving me a direction. He's doing some sifting. He's, he's filtering some things out of me. He's helping me to understand that when I see strength, or when I see weakness, he sees strength. So when I feel like I'm low, when I feel like I'm down to nothing, yet when I find myself upon my knees, it's then that, I'm, that God strengthens me. It's then that God gives me direction. Let me ask you, Christian, are you on your knees? I'm speaking even figuratively. Are you coming before the Lord in prayer, in thankfulness, in trust, in belief? These are men that were divinely selected, that demonstrated strength. They denied self. I once heard a preacher say this, God counts hearts, not heads. He can do more with a few hearts than many heads. How true that is. God's not looking for numbers, Community Bible Church. Yes, Pastor Miller would love to see the auditorium of Community Bible Church filled, but God's not looking for numbers. Do you realize that we don't need great numbers within our church to do a great work for God? Amen? We don't need great numbers. You say, oh, Pastor Miller doesn't want our church to grow. No, I'm saying this, that God will continue to give the blessing when we keep the focus right. Amen? We get our head buried down and, and slurping up the water, all the blessings of God, and we forget about all the people that are around us. How are we ever going to be used of God as a tool in his hands? Amen? The Bible tells us that here we see an army chosen by God. Number two, an army that followed God. An army that followed God. In verse 17, we see the men of this army, what are they doing? They're following their leader. They're following Gideon. And he said unto them, verse 17, look on me and do likewise. You understand such a parallel that is found in Gideon's leadership as is also in Jesus Christ. How many times Jesus said himself, do thou likewise. Go and do likewise. God has told us to do just as he has laid out the example for us to do. Yes, Christ came to this earth to make the way of salvation possible, but what has God done in his time on this earth? He's left an example for us to follow. Let me ask you, Christian, are you following the example which Christ has left? 1 Peter 2 and verse 21, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow in his steps. 1 Peter 3 and verse 13, And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? I want to read that to you again. Think about those words. And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? You, you don't have anything to worry about in the army of God if you simply just follow our great commander. Amen? If you follow the Lord, keep your eyes on the Lord. The Bible tells us that this was an army that followed God. What did they follow God in? They followed, number one, in the fight. They followed God in the midst of the fight. Verse 19, so Gideon and the hundred men that were with him came unto the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch, and they had but newly set the watch, and they blew the trumpets, 
and break the pitchers that were in their hands. We learn through Gideon that the battle in the Christian life is not always easy. You understand, this is a battle that's taking place. But the way in which the battle is going forward is not how we picture in our mind a fight to take place. The approach in which they are trying to conquer the enemy is not the same way that uh, we would imagine an army to be attacking another. But yet, the fight in which God had laid out before them was blueprinted clearly and exactly as to what they were to do. And it was only if they followed that which God had commanded that God was going to give them the victory. May I say, Christian, in the midst of the battle in which we face, it's not always going to be easy. And sometimes the very things that it feels like that we're left with to use in the battle is absolutely nothing at all. But again, where we see weakness, God sees strength. God looks at us and says, I'm looking for a young man. I'm looking for a young woman. I'm looking for a man or a woman, a husband and a wife. I'm looking for young people, teenagers. I'm looking for uh, those who will stand for me, stand for what is right, stand with their eyes upon the Lord. Remember Paul in the ship? We talked about this last week. Paul in the midst of the ship before he shipwrecked. Here, other than Luke himself, who's writing the passage, all we know to be is Paul that's in the midst of that boat. And what does he say? I believe God. While everyone else is saying something else, I'm going to stand in my place. I'm going to give my attention to God. I believe God. I believe that God's going to give us safety if I stay in the boat. And yet God tells us the same, that the fight's not always going to be easy. There will be storms. There will be difficulties. There will be hardness. In fact, 2 Timothy 2, verse 3 and 4, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangled himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Ephesians 6, verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I'll stop right there. We are in a wrestling match. <laughs> Satan will constantly be fighting against us in the battle. It, the, the truth of the matter is, sadly as Christians, we're too busy wrestling with God rather than wrestling with Satan. And we've not prepared ourselves to know how to wrestle with Satan. And so what we're allowing to happen is we're letting Satan have the victory. The Bible tells us they followed in the fight. They, they knew it was not going to be easy. This is not what we're used to. This is not the normal pattern, the normal method, the normal way in which we go into battle. We don't normally approach things this way, but yet God has commanded us. Christian, we're in the midst of a battle where our country keeps shifting further and further away from God. Generation after generation keeps drifting further and further away from God. And we say, look at the sin within our country. Look at all these things. Satan, the Bible tells us, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but what? Against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There will be a wrestling. It's not going to be easy. Christian, there will be moments of discouragement. There will be times in which you feel like you're so small that you're nothing. There will be times when you feel like you're the only one who is standing. I mean, I say I truly believe that the further our country, unfortunately, but the further our country gets into sin, there will be fewer and fewer who are standing. Let me ask you, Christian, will you be standing with God? Will you be standing for what is right? Will you be standing alongside of Christ? The Bible tells us that these were individuals who followed in the fight. Number two, they followed in faith. They followed in faith. 
Now, this may seem elementary to you in the sense of faith, but if you know the context of Judges, you would know in Judges chapter 6, notice with me if you would, in verse number 12, God is not just teaching them faith, he's teaching them that which they did not have, which was faith to begin with. In Judges 6 and verse 12, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Notice, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen on us? And where be all his miracles with our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now, O the Lord, hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go, in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And he said, this being Gideon, he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign. God, give me proof. Hey, God, until I see that you're clearly going to give me the victory, then I'll stand for you. Boy, how many times we do that in the Christian life? Amen? How many times we do that? How many times God makes it so black and white clear, I'm with you. Have I not told you I'm with you? I'm, I'm going to give you the victory. No, you're not, God. Do not see all the things that are happening. This country is going, going down the drain. Everything's falling apart. The presidency is not what we want. Uh, the governor is not what we want. The leadership in our schools is not what we want. There's no Bibles in our schools anymore. Homosexuality is prevalent. Abortion is terrible. And we can wax eloquent upon all these things as though God is not real. But yet God says, I've already given you the victory. You see, if you're truly following in the fight, there's going to be some wrestling. If you're truly following, you're going to be a person of faith. And that in the midst of the difficulty and the trials, in the midst of the times in which you don't understand, when all the world seems to be coming up against you, what should you do? Stand. Stand for what is right. Stand in faith. Stand believing that what God has told you is all that you need in your life. Stand keeping your eyes upon Christ. The Bible tells us, again, Gideon, a man who being taught faith, verse 36, and Gideon said unto God, If thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said, Behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor, and if the dew be on the fleece only, and it be dry, or all the earth beside, then shall I know thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said. And it was so, for he rose up early on the morrow, and thrust the fleece together, and wring the dew out of the fleece, a bowl of water, and Gideon said unto God, Let not thine anger be hot against me, and I will speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece. Let it now be dry, only upon the fleece, and upon all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and it was dew on all the ground. How many times do we say, God, well, I'll begin serving uh, when, when, when the pastor begins doing this. Well, God, I'll begin serving when uh, I have children. Well, God, I'll begin serving when I'm married. Well, God, I'll begin serving when I'm done with college. Well, God, I, I, I'll serve you in these areas when, and we set all the perimeters. 
God, just make it clear this is what you want me to do. I know it's what you want me to do, I think, but just make it clear. What are we waiting for? Amen? Christians, we just need to stand for what we know is right. Stand for God now. What is the delay? It's a lack of faith. You see, if we truly had faith in God as we should, we'd say, you know what? I don't need anything more than God. I've got my trust and faith in Him. I'm looking on Him. I'm following His commands. I'm doing what He's told me to do, and He's going to be our complete direction and give all of our attention. All of our attention is being brought to. The Bible tells us they followed in the fight. They followed in faith. In Judges 7, verse 20, notice the difference. Judges 7, verse 20. And the three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow withal, and they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. You know, it's very truthful that in a, in a congregation of this size, there are some Christians who God gives a command, they're right in it. Whatever you ask me to do, Lord, I'll do it. There are other Christians who say, you know what, until these things happen, I'm not going to do anything. Let me ask you, Christian, which one are you? Are you serving God, standing in your place as, as firm as you can and as faithful as you can where God has you now? Or are you too busy, got your, your mind and all the blessings of God that you've lost an awareness? The Community Bible Church, if we ever desire for, our, for God to do a work, to continue to do a work for God's blessing upon our lives, we can't forget the blessings. At the same time, we can't forget the souls around us that all the earth may know. Because we've been enlisted in an army. God has chosen you and I to go into all the world. God has chosen us to make the difference. And some having compassion. Some, some, some. Not all, some. Are you part of that some? Having compassion, making a difference. Are you making a difference? And what you are doing for God isn't making a difference. Well, I do this, you fill in the blank. I do these things. Is it making a difference for the gospel of Christ? The Bible tells us lastly, and as we began, an army that stood with God. I'm not a skier. I'm definitely not a roller skater much, but I'm definitely not a skier. My first time skiing, we were up in the highlands of Scotland, and uh, uh, we, I had studied there. Some of you know I was there for about... Uh, Four months, and we were in Scotland for that time, and, and um, there was not a lot of snow on the ground, and for what was there, uh, we were all new skiers, so they, we went down a dry ski slope. Anyone ever been down a dry ski slope? You know what I'm talking about? It's a large bristled mat, and it just, it just it's a huge mat. It probably is different pieces, but it looks like a huge mat, and it's all laid down going down this big hill, and they still have the little conveyor belt things that bring you up to the top, you know, your ride and that sort of thing, and, and uh, well, we had the trainer, a trainer that... Um, was kind of working with us, you know, for the time that we were there, trying to teach us how to get control of these skis. You know, you've got these big, giant, you know, skis on your feet, and, and here am I, my big, tall, lanky person that I am. But uh, he would just have us go down the small, uh, you know, little bit of a hill and try to learn. And I don't know why they didn't give us the little stick things. They just didn't. So it was like you, you just kind of balance on your knees. I guess that's how they do it on the dry ski slope. But I wish that I had them because I was like, <laughs> you know. And um, they, after we got a handle on it somewhat, they would let you go down from the top. I don't know exactly how tall it was on the top, but um, we had about 12 people in our group, and every one of them had gone up to the top, except for me, wouldn't you know. I hadn't quite gotten it down. And you couldn't go up to the top until the, the guy who was kind of training us had told us that we could go. And, um, uh, well, 
anyway, so we were nearing the end of time. They said we had like 15 minutes left. And I said, okay, I, I don't. It's not every day I'm in Scotland. It's not every day I get to go skiing. I'm going to the top. So I got on my conveyor, conveyor belt. Here are my skis. You know, I'm just hanging out on this thing and going up to the top. I remember I get up to the top. And there's the guy who was kind of training us. And he said, oh, Stephen, you're here. And I said, yeah. <laughs> you didn't tell me to, but I'm here, you know. And uh, he, I could tell he was a little bit nervous, but I, I got this, right? I got this. And if you look down the slope, there was a, a little building just dead center. I mean, uh, like where Brother Tareen is back there. I, I, I'm dead center. I could see that building at the very end. And, uh, you know, now and I hear him in the back of my head, you know, he's telling me. Now you've got to do this, slow down. You've got to turn your feet this way and, and make sure, you know, when you get down, you're not going to stop. You've got to be able to slow yourself down. And, ah, I got this, I got this, right? So here I go, I go down. And I hadn't got down, but maybe, maybe five feet, and I was already losing my balance. I mean, I'm like Fred Flintstone, one foot. You know, I'm just kind of like trying to keep my balance. And I, sure enough, I went all the way down the hill, but as I'm coming down the hill, right there on that building, there's a set of steps that were going up. A little girl is standing right there, and she's just staring at me. And I'm coming right for her. And uh, so here I am, my friend Flitzel, I'm coming down, and she's just standing there looking at me, and I just see this man come out and grab a hold of her, and he's just looking right at me, too, and I'm just, you know. And uh, believe it or not, I maneuvered myself over just enough. I stuck the ski up in between the boards and the porch, and I didn't break it, believe it or not, and I didn't kill myself, but uh, I didn't hit her, praise God. But what happened with that little girl and that man? They stood looking right at what was coming for them, and they moved. You know, Christians, the thing is, there's always going to be things coming at you in the battle. There's always going to be things that you don't know the outcome, even if it's a tall, lanky Asian man and he's coming down in one ski and, and, and coming straight for you. There'll always be things that are coming down to you. But how are you going to respond to it? Are you going to stand? Are you going to stand for what's right? Are you going to stand in the midst of a world that only will increase in abortion, that will only increase in the homosexual agenda, only increase in the removal of God from our Pledge of Allegiance, the removal of Bibles from our schools. They'll only increase in, in, in churches drifting away from the emphasis upon God's Word. Are you going to stand? Oh, we can stand for so many other things when we don't have our way, but we do we stand simply for what God tells us we are to stand for? And how are we to stand? Following Christ in faith, exactly according to how he has told us to fight. And we are being people of God that are with faith, people of God that are following and remembering, I have been chosen. I'm not anyone better than anyone else, but God has chosen me. And I have a responsibility for God to do what he's commanded me to do. Let's every head bowed and every eye closed.